RadioInfluence.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feels good to be back, man. Your man DJ Eakin. Um, um, uh, players playlist popping off right now with my man Crisco Kid. Um, Crisco, before we even get started, first off, too, I, I want to let everybody know. Um, I've been a little bit behind. We can't blame Crisco for this. So, moving forward, starting tonight, right when you hear this episode, you can go check it out on DJ Eakin TV, um, on the YouTube channel, and uh, Crisco and I will be there live and in person, and at some point. We're, we're, we're kind of getting to different things and hopefully we can get you involved and that sort of thing. But but first things first is like making sure that we get all the content up so that you can watch it and that sort of thing. So, uh, Crisco, I, I apologize to you and everybody else that's been rocking with us for being a lazy slob. <laughs> but we'll get it all up, man. How you doing? Hey, everything is good. I, I, we're not talking no football, no team specifically right now. Uh, me personally, I am feeling great. I'm feeling good. You know, before we started recording, uh, we had a little Kurt Franklin. So that's yeah. the vibe I'm on that stomp today. So, hey, hey, this might make Jason mad, but hey, just just rewind it to the beginning a little bit. Let me, can we get a little bit more of that? Like right now, just get a little bit. Jason, Jason gonna be like, Eka, don't do that. But just, just like a little bit, so you can see where we was at before you turned it on. Go ahead, you got it. Can you bring it up? You must got. I don't, I don't have it. Chris over here. I'm not hearing it. Oh, oh there you. you. I want to hear it, man. I want to feel good. I got, dude, like you had us feeling good. Oh, well, hold on. Let, let me bring that back right quick. Because... Yeah, like, I'll take the, uh, Jason going to, Jason going to tell me off when we're done with this, but, but right now, let's give me a little stomp. Give me, I mean, give me a little Kirk Franklin right now. Talking about, uh, uh, you were, you were going to run it back from that, from that replay from the top, you know, like in the booth, like in the, when they go to review. Exactly. That's what I thought she was about to do right now. Well, now hold on. <laughs> Every time you want to bring it back, now all of a sudden you can't find it. This the this the bootleg one right here, and I don't want to put this one up there, man. Oh, you don't put that. So you just move on, man. Well, we we, we yeah. put it this way. I, I appreciate you when when we when we got online, uh, Crisco and I. Crisco uh, was dropping some Kirk Franklin, and it, and it brought back some some good feeling memories as we start this day off, man. So I appreciate that, man. Uh, let's get into a quick recap, real quick, uh, and and we're gonna have a special guest on today. But Crisco, before we get to any of that. Uh, something that made you go mm, this weekend in the, in the world of the NFL or any other sport that you saw? Well, you know, we could talk about the shove last night. Raiders, cameraman. I, I can't even think of the player right now. Uh, we can talk uh, are we about talking to, Are we talking Devontae Adams? We're talking Devontae Adams from the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I don't know, still to blow that 17 zero you know you were up and then whatever happened then you talk about the the, the cardinals kick and then the, the slide gate and all that that was another thing this week that was just kind of like man uh there's just a lot happening in the league this week man right uh well, well let's 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 start with last night's uh, monday night's game um here's the first thing i'll say about that is a 17 point lead ever really safe against the kansas city chiefs like no. seriously like you got Patrick Mahomes, right? And, and and he's my fantasy quarterback. And I was down by almost by just over 30 when the game started. And I felt really good the as the game progressed. And I lost by two, but it ain't because Patrick Mahomes didn't give me everything I needed, right? So I feel like when you play in the Chiefs, right, you can you cannot start to play safe. You gotta keep playing to win. And I think to me, it looked like the Raiders started to play safe. It looked like Derek Carr started to like get out of whatever bag he was in in the beginning. Things weren't clicking, and it looked like to me you started they started backpedaling. And when you start playing not to lose instead of playing to win, I think you put yourself in even more trouble than the opposing team puts you in. 
Well, you know, whether it's boxing, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whatever it is, you know, to to, to beat a champ, you got to beat the champ, right? And you have to play at that level for four quarters. There's four quarters. You know, Boom. it's not three. It's not the halftime. It's four of them. And you got to play consistently at a different level when you're taking out a championship team. You don't do it. You don't win. There you go. And, and I'm sure this one is high on your radar because let me just go ahead and say it. Let me say it. Tom Brady don't throw no flags, okay? The GOAT don't throw no flags, okay? So everybody that's been hitting me up talking about Eakin, you got away with one. It wasn't a personal foul. It wasn't roughing the quarterback. Let me just tell you something, all right? Tom Brady's the GOAT. Don't be mad if every now and again the GOAT gets a call. Now, people are asking me my opinion. Here's my opinion on the play. We got to win, bro. That's it. That's all I got to say. Tom Brady don't throw no flags, okay? Now, you may have another opinion being out there in Arizona and all. But over here in Tampa Bay, that's how we feeling. <laughs> Again, whether it's football, whether it's any sport, if you're, if you're one of the GOATs, you, you're respected, not by just the, the fellow players, but I think the officials every once in a while know, like, hey, man, uh, it's a little bit too much to go at this, this, this man or this woman right here. You know what I'm saying? And like, you're going to get the call sometimes every now and then. But, but then you look at Kyler Murray, the face mask. You saw the play where like his head's turned around with the face mask and no call right there. Right. So you get some calls. You don't get calls. It's just. It's just the game. But when you're the GOAT, you're right. He don't throw the flag. Right. And and, and I will say this, man. Like, I, I when, it, when we're talking about Tom Brady in that particular play, I'm, I'm being a realist, right? As a, as a football fan, I really didn't feel like he roughed the quarterback. Like, I, I really felt like what else was he supposed to do? He's a big man. He didn't hit him in the head. I mean, what more can these defensive guys do when you're at that speed? And then he pretty much had taken the ball and where else can he fall? You know, I didn't feel like he drove him in the ground. I didn't feel like, no. you know, I didn't, I mean, I'm kind of getting a couple of plays confused, but I, I didn't feel like he roughed Tom Brady in any way, but I'll take the call is what I'm saying, right? And I do feel like as a fan, though, I don't want the refs to, you know how they say, determine the outcome of a game. Like, I do feel Atlanta had some kind of momentum popping, so I would have liked to have seen what they could have done with that, and I would like to have seen how we as a team, the Buccaneers, would have reacted to that. And I felt like the refs kind of took that away, you know, when you're talking about, you know, how they can affect a game. I, I thought that, that as a fan of football, you know, a realist, that was the one thing that bothered me about it. But, I mean, it happened last night with David Carr as well. You know, people were talking about the Chiefs. You know, there's the play where they did call roughing the passer. Right. And I, I, think, I think all fans want, I think, and I say fans as all of us who love the game, is just consistency, right? Right. Even when you're looking at parents, when you look at roughing anybody, it's like, well, wait a minute. This ref is calling it this way. This doesn't count as roughing. But then at the point where the defender, the defensive tackle, or if it's a linebacker, is going for the tackle, I mean, it's kind of hard to stop. That's just inertia. That's right. physics, bro. You can't just stop your body in, in certain ways. And there's a meme going around this morning that shows, like, two guys carrying Kevin Hart. And it's like, this is how you want everyone to handle the quarterback <laughs> nowadays. It's just, you know, it's, I think it's just consistency. That's what the fans, that's what people want. Period. Now, now let me ask you this from the other side, right? Looking at what happened with Miami's quarterback Tua, um, would you give the refs a little leeway with all of that going on and in the back of their mind at the same time too? Would you, as a fan, like give them be like, look, there's a lot going on that they got to deal with though in watching, and the Tua situation is kind of super exploded, right? So it's right. it gives you the conversations are kind of all the same but all different but they're all kind of in there together right so when you look at it that way do you kind of feel for the refs a little bit with what with the job they have to do yeah but i think they got to look at how the how the play is developing 
and and how the hit is. Um, but but at the same time, you know, you want to protect the quarterbacks, and I think that's why Kyler slid the way he did. He thought he had it slid right, you know, to protect himself because he'll go, he'll go, he'll run right at you if he's got to. But I think he's got to think to protect himself. But then you look at uh, well, what Teddy Bridgewater? Even if it's not to a Bridgewater. We're in a situation where Miami's got two quarterbacks that are hurt, right? And right. we don't know the protocol of who's coming in next. I, but but I get it. You have to protect the quarterbacks. Uh, th- those are most of the time the stars on the team. So it's the protecting the investment. Uh, the fans want to make sure that their guys protect, like we talked about last week. But you have to let the people play at some point. There's there's a dangerous point and there's a safe kind of roughing point. And I think if we go too far on the protection and not like letting a lot happen. You're going to kind of lose the people that want to see the physical game being played of what we love as football. Right. One of the things, man, one of the things they're talking about, too, is and I I think that they're doing this in the NHL. Right. When those kind of plays happen, they can be reviewed and brought back and saying, okay, maybe this really wasn't the 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 the, what you thought you saw. Right. Do you think that we need that in in football? Because I definitely think that having a replay for those types of plays would make it fair because then everybody can see, right? You see it, you slow it down, and you go, okay, in real time, this does look crazier than it actually is, so maybe it's not that penalty. I like replays, but at the same time, I think when, when we're reviewing everything, it slows the game. It kills momentum in certain plays and certain drives. Um, and let me, this is just an off topic. I, I was never a football referee but I was an ASA umpire, right? Uh, early back in my days to make some extra money. Cause trust me, you would get paid like seventeen to twenty five dollars an hour just to stay behind the plate, take right. a couple of tests here and there, and call them on the bases. Um, but sometimes, you know, I, there were moments where I was like, "Damn it, do we have cameras? I wish you could review that again." But if you start reviewing everything, yeah, there was a lot of hate. Oh, come on, blue, and you know whatever it might be, uh, it just kills the momentum. And I think sometimes it just comes down to having better or more qualified refs that can stand firm in the judgment of what's happening. And then if it's an extreme case, you can review. If especially if it's changing, uh, you know, the outcome of the game, then I think it's in a situation that you got to go back and look at it. But too many stops kind of killed the game, killed the momentum. Right. Um, uh, big shout out to my man, Amir, Amir Board from Inter- Interscope Records. He was going to join us today. I'm getting text from him right now that he may because he's got some confusion with his schedule that he may not be able to join us. But that ain't going to stop me, Crisco. Um, well, we know why. Well, he's a Cowboys fan. That's well, the pro- they always, you know, it's the problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a, like an 80-20 chance they're not showing. Well, you would think, though, that right now, though, every Cowboy fan would want to be on all the platforms because they are in a pretty good spot right now, right? Four and one. Four and one right now, Crisco, and and actually, um, I'm I'm just gonna ask you straight up, straight up, being a fan watching football, do you think the Cowboys are for real? I mean, we talked about it last week, right? We talked right. about it, and we were like, man, um, we we said, hey, does Dak come back? And now you're even seeing more memes like, hey, coach, want me to ask about my job? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I look. I think if the Cowboys had a schedule like what the Cardinals have, then we could be talking about that, right? But, uh, you, you know, they they look good. They're playing really well. And um, let's, let, let it ride, man. Let it ride. But any given Sunday, you already know. Right. Here, here's here's what I feel about the Cowboys right now, and 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 I want everybody to understand this before I say it. And, and Ian, was on the sh- Ian Beckles was on the show last week, former Buccaneer, and talked to us about this, right? I don't think like fundamentally that 
the backup quarterback is better than Dak. I, I don't. I don't think that he's better than Dak, right? But what I do believe is the team is coached better with him in there as opposed to Dak being there. Because what they're doing, to me, it seems like, is they're really playing within their strengths, right? So there's a, it's a lot more of a balance, right? It's, it's run the ball. Let's run the ball. Let's let's duck and let's let's not always go for the big one. I think when Dak is in there, it's kind of like what we used to say about when Jameis Winston was here, right? It wasn't that the skill set wasn't there. It was just sometimes that decision making when you let him just be out there. That one bad decision can take you from being in a four point game to now you're down by eleven just that quick at a critical time. And I think that they're they're just coached differently with the backup as opposed to having Dak in there, which to me overall makes them a better team. You know, what what they say? There's no I in what? Team. Yeah. Team. Football, how many trophies go out? You know what I mean? It, it's a, it, How many rings? You know, it's a team sport. And again, it, 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 there's plenty of times, whether it's football, whether it's life. I don't know why I always throw these life analogies in there, but I, maybe somebody can take some from it. But, you know, whether it's your work company, your your culture, your organization, whatever you, whatever you do, Sometimes you may have someone that is a superstar, kills it at work, makes the most money, brings the most revenue, whatever it might be. But the but the culture around may be horrible, right? And sometimes you got to build the, the company. You got to build the team. And if the team feels good, they all play and they all feel like they're contributing. Sometimes that's better than just having that one superstar and the team doesn't feel well. They don't cohesively bond as they should. And maybe that's what we're seeing right now where the team – feels super involved versus depending on, like you said, the one big play every game instead of everybody going towards that common goal together. So. Right. Do you think it's time to give up on Zeke? Yeah, what's going on with Zeke, man? Um, I, you know. I, I Honestly, I, I can't say, but but to me, like, it just looks like it's, 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 it, I don't, wait, is it, am I wrong for thinking that to me, it, it just feels like, Zeke ain't even as focused on the game anymore. Like, I don't know. And I don't know his personal life. I don't live in Dallas. I don't see him around, that sort of thing. But just, like, on the field, it used to seem like he was a lot more engaged. And maybe because they had him more into the game plan. But now that they have Pollard, right, it seems like Zeke just, like, he's there. But he's almost not there, if you can understand what I'm saying. And and but He needs to be there. Because if he doesn't want to be on the Cowboys, it's a turnoff to other organizations that don't want that. You know what I mean? People may not want the running back that fights DJs, uh, you know, in, in Uptown. You know what I mean? That, that might be <laughs> so there's a lot of things that happen off the field that, you know, get swept under and nobody kind of talks about. But I, I lived in Dallas for a season and a half, so kind of know what happens off the field as well. Um, but yeah, I, does he want to be there? Does he not? And if he doesn't, you, don't ruin your chances finding someone that's going to pay you a lot of money to go to their team. But you're off fields. Prediction this week: Dallas and the Eagles—they meet on Sunday Night Football. Who you got? Now the Eagles. Do the Eagles stay undefeated, or does Dallas take them down this week? Um, so here's the lesson: Cardinals, which I really believe that we could have won that game and should have won that game, um, which would have been a huge upset uh, in the league this week, right? But I think the like we talk about every week that goes by, the Cardinals look better. They're meshing. They're the, the defense. God, the defense looked good, man. To stop the the the, the Eagles with just you know. People were thinking, oh, it's going to be 40-something or whatever. And to hold them at that 20-17, to 17, I think the defense played well. Um, if the Cowboys are playing how they're playing and they're moving, and right. if the Philadelphia Eagles don't make the adjustments to where the Cardinals expose the Eagles, like, man, maybe 
either the Cardinals are getting that much better every week or the Eagles weren't that good to begin with, the Cowboys can expose that and give the Eagles the first loss this season. That's my opinion. Well, well, I'm a, I'm gonna well, well we're gonna circle back to that next week and see how your prediction went. <laughs> All right. Um, um, you, you mentioned something, right? You you mentioned DJs. You mentioned uh, clubs. Can can we can we get into like? Um, do you have a song that gets you especially hyped for a game? Not per se. It's a vibe. Okay. So it's not one song. Right. It's the vibe of the playlist. Like, and Chris Villa, we got to bring him on, man. Chris yeah, Villa do. does an excellent job of, yeah, you know, you know the deal. You get your players' playlist, like the songs that they want to hear. Right. Right. Uh, but he does an excellent job of playing those records, but playing the stuff before they get to the on the field for the warm ups, right? Right. And then even after the warm ups, he does a great job of creating that vibe in the stadium. So yeah, Chris is as dope. far as soundtrack that's what i'm vibing with is chris's wherever he's kind of going is kind of where i'm gonna see but he right. knows the right to, like set the tone for the game in the building that's what i'm about not necessarily the song now let me the reason i ask you that is let me let me ask you this you 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 know in this thing that we're in right uh players they they say sports stars are often want to be rappers rap rappers often want to be sports stars right so probably one of the best receivers we've had in recent years, Antonio Brown, has decided now to be a rapper. The music that you've heard from Antonio Brown, have you thought to maybe, Chris, can you get this in your playlist? Has, has, has Antonio Brown made any song that made you think that you were ready for him to be an artist? And I don't know, but I don't even think it's his, him per se. I just think I'm, I'm, I don't think we need it right now, especially before the game. Like, let me let, you know what I mean? I, I don't think there's not enough from him to make me say, we got to get this in, if that makes sense. Right. I, 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 I want to know why, why they all think this is so easy, though. Like, I got really, like, hip-hop is the only thing to me that it seems like somebody goes, you know what? I don't want to be in my own career no more, so I'm going to just start making some records, right? And Antonio Brown, I've seen him at Rolling Loud. I've seen him at other places. Like, all of a sudden, he's got this song. Put that shit on. This is the song. And everybody thinks if they got a TikTok dance that mm, suddenly the song's going to take off. And now, you know Antonio Brown's in a world of trouble down here in Tampa, right? Being sued by a local record label owner here in Tampa because it was supposed to be a Lil Wayne feature that's going down. Antonio Brown tells the guy one price. The guy gets back information from Lil Wayne's camp that not only is it not that price, but Antonio Brown had also told him that Lil Wayne's people were only going to take the money from him. So the guy is suing him like as if to say, look, you're trying to take me for money and now it's been released. This guy is not only suing him, but like I own all the man's masters and Antonio Brown can never release another record again without my approval. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm not might not be the happiest DJ out there right now. I shouldn't say that out loud, but and and, and let, let me be clear. I don't want any man not to chase his dream. Right. But right, right. to that other thing, Crisco, I just don't need all these mediocre records, yo. Like, I want somebody that cares about the music again. Like, how you say Chris is in that stadium, Chris V? Like, like he cares about the vibe he creates in that stadium. I right, just want right. to get back to people that they be like, well, I'm just going to wake up and make a record. No, I want somebody to care about what they're giving us again. I mean, it's low-key disrespectful, right? To, to feel like everybody can be an artist, everybody can be a DJ. I get it. The technology exists. And I think sometimes when you look at basketball or you look at football, 
because of the different clubs, because of the nights, everybody's bottle, uh, bottle popping if you got the, the, the means to do that. And I think sometimes in different cities, you see the co-mingling, right? It, it, the, the cultures, the, it, it, it blends, it's all part of one. And I think that's why they feel because, well, we got the money to do it. So, yeah, hey, I got a production. Oh, you got Fruit Loops? Oh, you got uh, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever you might want to use. Or let's go ahead and make this happen. Right. And so I, that's why they feel like the barrier is so low for them to go from uh, inter, uh, sports athlete just to, you know, to entertainer or to DJ. And I think uh, I fault that sometimes for the promoters. For the, for the management companies that they're just looking at the name, they're trying to take advantage. They want that 20% booking. They want whatever. And they know they can make money off the name uh, and just put somebody's, you know, mix running underneath it and just move the, move the knobs and act like they're doing something if they're the DJ. Right. And with the rapping, all right, cool, we'll hire this person. We'll get a feature. We'll put it on TikTok. But, you know, it, it doesn't work out like that because I can't just say, you know what, let me just go, let me, let me just hop in the NFL. Let me just hop in the NBA. Boom. It, it, it don't Boom. Yeah, and, that's, and, and, that's like, like, and, and like a Damien Lillard, right? I, I give Damien Lillard big props because I think Damien Lillard really cares about being an artist, right? He's like, he, I don't like, I don't think he's the best or the worst, but I think that him caring about it, he continues to get better. And I'm listening to his stuff. I'm like, yo, like he cares about it. I even think like as crazy as it was, I think that Kobe Bryant and Shaq cared about being artists and the records that they put out back in the day. Like, I really I think, think Shaq, Shaq cared. Shaq definitely get it. So, did you hear? Did you hear? You know, on uh, shout out to Drink Champs because I believe he was on there and he was talking about uh, like the he's got he a record. Biggie? Yeah, I right. mean, that's yeah, Biggie's Biggie now, but at the time, you know, just to even build with Christopher Wallace, that is notorious B.I.G. You know, we know his solidified place in hip hop history, but to be able to work with these different people and put them on, and I think it just shows at a different time. Remember, the basketball players were huge stars football players were huge because it was no social media like we have now right. and so it was like almost out of touch to the common person and then when you have this person out of touch and this person you can't get to him and all this and they start collabing together it made it just so much bigger right and 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 Shaq I think like you said I think he cared about rapping he he wanted to be respected in both on the court and 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 on records uh, but I think it also depends at where you're at in your career, right? Uh, you know, Antonio Brown, and I don't want I'm this is not say that I don't I've never met him, I don't know the guy. Um, but I think if he kept playing and was putting out music, I think you might have a different reception as far as either from other players, as far as from fans, as far as from people that never heard his music before, um, may have been more supportive because he would have had that other platform behind him as well. So yeah, defense. but I'm just gonna be totally transparent, man. That record is trash. Like seriously, like and 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 here's and here's and here's to your point, right? I do think that if he would have stayed in football, right, and then and then slowly worked, right, then the material does get better. And I'm not saying he can never make a dope record, but to me, to that other point you made, right, it's like he feels like I'm Antonio Brown. I'm doing rap, and on the other hand, other people are just looking at numbers because if somebody says they're doing a party with Antonio Brown. I ain't gonna lie, he is one of the greatest receivers to ever touch the fucking field, to ever touch the field, right? So I think that he's dope in that aspect, so I know people are gonna go to that party. But music-wise, bro, like, just to think that you can do a TikTok dance, make me a record, and it should be in the top five, like, it's becoming ludicrous at this point. Like, it like it really is, and, it, and, it, and it, it's doing nothing for the culture. Again, I'm not mad at anybody for trying whatever, but also back to your point, right? You and I just can't wake up tomorrow and go, you know what? I'm trying out for the Bucks. I'm trying out for the Cardinals. I am trying out for the Orlando Magic tomorrow because I said so. They ain't even letting us in the building. They're not even letting us in the building. 
Look, man. Yeah. But, uh, one more point before we get out of here, and and, and I want to ask you this because you kind of live have lived on the Midwest and on the West Coast. We lost Coolio a, uh, about a week or so back. Right, right. Did that hit really hard on the on the West Coast? Like Coolio, like had some really big records if you know the history, right? Like, of course, yeah. he's not the name that you know that could, you you know the the icon that Dre and Snoop have become. But if you're a fan of this culture, Coolio has been someone that has done some really dope things. Like how, how did that feel over on the, on the West coast as opposed to out here? Well, you know, I go between LA and Phoenix, but Phoenix is based, right? That, that's the home base. And um, I think Coolio and just like so many artists when they're, when they're in the Southwest and when they make this, but Coolio is global, right? right? But going from Texas to California and the people that I know, the radio stations, the people that DJs that we talk to, I, I think you felt it because he was about to go on MTV's Wild and Out. About to do a show with, uh, I think, Rob Bass and um, Vanilla Ice and so in Texas. So definitely still touring, did some nightclub events, did other you know festivals. And I think it does affect people on the West Coast, especially you saw um, Dub C, like his, his tributes. And you saw a lot of different people that may not have understood Coolio's place before the pop icon status, before A Gangster's Paradise. Like, these are the records, that's the record that took him to pop mainstream culture, but I think as far as hip-hop, like the real heads and just people that appreciate and that come from the West understood, like, he was really, like, a part of that life, and a lot of people don't really, didn't understand that, uh, because they just thought it was, you know, once you cross over, once you become so big, you don't, you don't kind of remember or want to find out where people are really from, and I think a lot of people have had the opportunity to go back and like study music or look at it, check out different interviews. I know I have I, I, one interview on the late, late show back in like 97 or 95 and talking about some things that are still relevant today. And I think that's when you go back and watch that interview again, kind of like you'll see like the Tupac clips and some of the other things that people were still addressing. Right. Back then, it's still happening right now. And so you're going to see more education, hopefully. And it's tragic that people have to die, but to go back and learn. And same thing with Art LeBeau. Rest in peace. He passed away, uh, you know, 10-10, October 10th, yesterday. And Art LeBeau, not just, he had like a 70-year career, died at 97. He'd been in radio so long. But I wasn't fully aware of his role ending segregation and a lot of civil rights things that were happening uh, in Southern California. Wow. And I think it shows the power of, this microphone that I'm looking at you that you see right here and effectively using our platform and uh, two people in the past two or three weeks that use that microphone to touch people on a worldwide level are, are gone, but legends in, in what they do. So, right. And, and that's, that's a, it's, it's, it's so valid what you're talking about with Coolio, right? Because like, like sometimes when you have those records explode, like fantastic voyage and the gangsters paradise, right. To, to the world of like, MTV that was watching right it's like who's this guy's got these records they don't realize the work that's been put in the groundwork and how he's really been with everybody in the culture and it just it happens to be his turn along with the timing and everything else that's going with it they just see oh it's the braids and all of a sudden it's all this whatever and Coolio from all accounts that I know I've never met him but just everything I know about the west coast and to your point right a really dope dude really involved with the culture for real and not just some dude's like oh yeah I got this idea he's really been there and then finally he got these super big records that really worked but definitely overall when you look at his place he has a solidified place and definitely gonna be missed and like i said i, I just really wanted to know you know because on the east coast right 
he's not a super icon. He hears those big records. But then, of course, that kind of thing comes across TMZ. So we see it. Right. But I know out there, like, you know, to guys who've come up with him, like the dub season and those guys, it had to hit different because he was there with them. Yeah. And and I, the 2016 was the last time I saw him. We have a mutual for, we had a mutual friend and um, yeah, it was a very big moment for me to have actually chop it up with him in a club. And I know that was probably not the best place because artists don't like it. People don't like, you know, especially for meeting him for the first time or you, but you start drinking, sometimes you just have these, like, <laughs> kid from Houston, Texas, dog, and Gangsta's Paradise, like, that was my joint, and growing up, and then all that, you know, just talking about records, but we were talking about life, and uh, uh, I'll never forget that night, and I, that's why I, I shared that story on my Instagram, but, yeah, man, rest in peace, Coolio, real. Man. So. Hey, man, hey, hey, Crisco, man, it's, it, it's so, hey, you, and you know what I think that makes this whole thing so dope? is that people don't understand that we fans too. That's why we got into this. Like, I'm a fan, yo. I, I see people, I'd be like, yo, like, 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 and I was like you, like, like as much as I've been around Dame Dash, I think the best conversation that we've ever had was in a nightclub, right? And then we really talked about, like, my history of being around Def Jam and working their records before I had met him. And he was like, damn, you really want, you really was there. You know what I'm saying? And we're fans, dude, which is why we got into this culture, dude. Like, not obnoxiously, not disrespectfully, and not to, like, ruin somebody's good time, but... I'm okay with being a fan, dude. So I, I, when I hear you and that excitement of your meeting Cooley on you tell those things, bro, like I get excited too, man. So I, I, I really, I really love to hear it, man. And, and look, don't you ever stop being a fan. Don't you ever stop being a fan. <laughs> Thank you. And, and like I said, I don't want somebody to hear this and start thinking you got to run up on your favorite artist and talk to them at the nightclub because they really hate it. They really hate it. Like I was at a strip club with Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace before he died. And I'll just, I'll just tell the story real quick. And because he didn't drink, because he, he had gone sober. He wouldn't do anything. He, and we talked about that. And it was a lot of us before a WWE. I don't remember if it was SmackDown or whatever it might have been that night. This is back in like 2004 or five, Right before he died, so I believe 2005. And I was like, man, so you don't drink? Yeah, I mean, nothing. Because we're at a strip club. I would find it kind of like weird. Like, why would you come? He's like, well, we're a team. Like, these are my people. Like, we're out here. You know, boom, boom, boom. This was in Albuquerque. But at that moment, I was like, well, okay. I think he wanted to talking he didn't mind and so but again another great conversation and in like a month or two he had passed away and i was just so thankful as a fan watching eddie guerrero you know latin heat latino you know what i mean like right. latino heat and um but some of those conversations they do happen in the club like you just said but it's those stories that they shared us before podcasting it's just i wish it was just a microphone in the strip club that you could have these conversations with people <laughs> And uh, just a, a really life lesson that he taught me that night as well. So. Hey, you, hey, Chris, Crisco, you know what I got out of that? I got out of that, and Jason, I just want you to be a witness, that it is okay now for me to have all of my meetings in the strip club, okay? Just I can have some real good conversations. You know, while the cheeks are clapping, I can be getting some business done. And I ain't even got to have no drinks. I could just be in there enjoying the atmosphere. Crisco, I think the thing that we can do here, because we got to get ready to sign off, is we're having such a positive day, dude. And like I said, I, I, I and I want to thank you again because I'm big on giving people their flowers, right, while they while they are here to enjoy them. And ever since I've known you and met you, dude, like we've had like great talks and now we're here, right, doing this little 30-minute thing that we've, we're putting together every week, man. And I just want to say thank you and I really enjoy it and you're a joy to talk to every week. But what I'd like you to do this week, man, is because you are so super like positive and in such a great space, man, and you put me there is – in signing out today, if you've got a positive thought to, to leave everybody with, man. I got it. And this is not necessarily just a positive thought. This is a life motto 
My dad's a football coach, retired, but you can apply this in everything. Do it right, do it light. Do it wrong, do it long. And I think once you understand that and you can live by that, you can try to look for shortcuts. You can try to, you know, do people wrong just to get where you got to go. But if you do it the right way, the work is light. But it's when you try to take those shortcuts and you're doing people wrong, that's the long way because you have to go back and correct those mistakes. You got to correct those relationships that you destroy. So remember that again. Do it right. Do it light. Do it wrong. Do it long. Boom. Crisco with that word for the day, man. Hey, where can they find you at online? And hit me up at Crisco Kid, two D's on the kid everywhere. You can find me, Eakin, where you at, bro? Of course, uh, at DJ Eakin, and of course on the YouTube channel at DJ Eakin TV, where we will get all of these episodes up. You can watch them. You can see me and Crisco. And on that note, right, Amir hit me. He said, can he be on next Tuesday? So next Tuesday, we will talk a lot more Cowboys from an actual Cowboys fan. And no one will say that Crisco and I did not give a Cowboys fan the platform to talk they noise, to get everything on their chest off. Crisco and I will allow it next week so of course enjoy every episode next week if you're a Cowboys fan that one is especially for you because it ain't never gonna damn happen again okay <laughs> Crisco man my man I love uh, and a shout out to Jason of course at Radio Influence man don't forget uh, rock with us man download subscribe all that good stuff man like comment all that good stuff and hit that notifications button I'm getting all this YouTube talk down too Crisco I'm getting it all down <laughs> Subscribe and follow. Subscribe and follow. Hey, love you, bro, man. Have a great week. I'll see you next one. Hey, I'll talk soon, man. The Players Playlist, man. Crisco Kid, DJ Eakin. We out. Let's go. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or if you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.